a man. We're talking about Warren Buffett and uh, what a letter because his annual letter, revered and well-read always. Let's get some thoughts from Guy Spear. He's CEO of at Aquamarine Capital Management, uh, joining us on the phone in New York. Also, our own Noah Buhire. He's a reporter at Bloomberg News, and he's on the phone in Seattle. Noah, were you at the meeting? Well, this was uh, this is actually the annual letter, so uh, that's it was right. Uploaded online. Um, the meeting so, comes. No, a, that's I was, right. I was comfortably in Seattle at, uh, <laughs> at about meeting, four a.m. local time. The meeting uh, comes a little bit later. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so tell us about this letter. You got it. You read it. And what'd you think? Um, well, you know, it's always an interesting read. Buffett has such a graceful writing style, and you always learn something. Uh, there were a lot of uh, themes that we've seen before. Uh, one of the big ones, though, that he, he really emphasized this year was uh, his, his bullishness on America. And um, he, he basically told people to not buy into the gloom that uh, we're hearing so much during uh, the, uh, the 2016 presidential election. And uh, he, he, he trotted out a, a, what I thought was a rather forceful argument for why uh, America has worked. And it basically boils down to the incredible uh, productivity gains that we've had in our economy uh, over, over the last many decades. Well, Guy, let's you know, weigh in on this. I mean, you know, backing America is not a new theme for Warren Buffett. We've, we saw it through the financial crisis. We've seen it before. Um, was there something more significant in it for you when he, when he talked about it once again? You know, it's like uh, I was listening to your conversation before the break. And hi, Noah and Carol. It's great to be on your program. And it's great to be in New York. I'm it's sorry great. I'm not there in person. It's great to but, have uh, you here. You know, the, well, Noah's absolutely right, but even beyond that, what comes through is his zest for life and his zest for America. And, you know, we're kind of buried, and I get annoyed every time at myself when I read it, because I'm determined not to allow myself get, to get buried in the minutiae of day-to-day quarterbacking, for example, on the Fed and Deutsche Bank and what people think about interest rates. And then suddenly you step back and you say, wow, he's right. I just need to raise my eyes up to the horizon and look to the long term. So, uh, and Noah's picking up on that. But there are a couple of things. I mean, I found him really, uh, it was very interesting. He went into a lot of detail on Clayton Holmes. You know, Berkshire got, came under criticism last year for their lending practices at Clayton Holmes. Mm-hmm. And he was really concerned. He took extra space, I thought, to sort of make it clear that they don't engage in any unfair lending practices. Two other things, if you don't mind, Carol, sorry. But no, please. I found it really interesting that he brought in the threat of nuclear, nuclear attack on the United States into the letter, which is kind of a scary thing to do. But he basically put the probability of a chemical, biological, or um, a nuclear attack on the United States in the next 100 years at close to 96%. That's a very low probability on an annual basis. But I kind of found that interesting. It really does bother him. And lastly... He weighed in on climate change, mm-hmm. and he basically he likened climate change to Pascal's wager. Pascal's wager said, uh, you know, we don't know if God exists, but given the consequences of not believing and going to hell, you might as well act as if he does exist. He kind of said the same thing about climate change. So that's, a, that's a, I think, a big deal for, for him to take such a public position on that. But, he, and Leon, you know, he, he and Leonardo DiCaprio, right, on the Oscars. I mean, no, it's really become, you know, but it, but it is interesting to have him weigh on this so, so specifically. Yeah, I, you know, I, he, he, again, he's not afraid to take political positions. And actually, I think that him weighing in in the way he did sort of takes it out of the political domain, at least for me, is 
what he said makes a very rational argument for why even though we don't 100% know, it's very good to act as if we did know. But again, Carol, this zest for the United States, zest mm-hmm. for life, I just feel like the letter is being written as if he's only just getting started, you know. <laughs> he's well, he, just he, getting started. He wrote, right, as a result of this negative drumbeat, many Americans now believe that their children will not live as well as they themselves do. Uh, that view is dead wrong. Uh, the babies being born in America today are the luckiest crop in history. Noah, you, you, you know, every year you go through these letters, um, you know, so Buffin takes, you know, talks about some of the bigger issues that are out there, some of the macro issues. Uh, he also, though, breaks it down into some of his, his investments, which some of them he's gotten a lot of criticism for. IBM specifically, he owns almost 9%. Uh, he owns almost 16% of American Express. These are companies that have been beaten up big time. Yeah, but I, I mean, you have to look at it. And, and, and Buffett, you know, he didn't really get defensive ab- about those picks. He just he just laid out once again what his rationale is, and it's uh, it's basically that uh, he, he's he's in this for 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 more than one year. He's looking at these investments over the long haul, and uh, you know, as in past years, he pointed out. Uh, what share of those companies' earnings uh, uh, Berkshire uh, uh, theoretically would get, even though in its books they only get to record the dividends. Um, so, you know, I think we, we just saw the argument he's been making for a long time about that. And, you know, whether it's satisfying to investors like Guy or, or other Berkshire investors, I mean, that, that, that remains to be seen. And I, I imagine we'll get some more questions about it at the annual meeting. Guy, was there anything missing from the letter that you were surprised that maybe he didn't address? He covered a lot, I, well, I will say that. There was, there was something that was not missing for me, but would be missing for a lot of people, I think, uh, who, and, you know, I think that the, the faithful, there's a larger non, larger proportion of the faithful that would love Berkshire to institute a dividend, or they'd love to see a more aggressive share repurchase policy that's put in place now. And it, there was no talk of that. And and, you know, he, on the one hand, he, the incredible book value gains, uh, I think it was $15 billion this year, huge size. But people just saying, start saying more and more, Warren, when are you going to just start regularly repurchasing your shares? Um, isn't it time for Berkshire to start doing that? And I think that um, I think that, that that is, in a certain way, the, mm. the sort of the question that is most is least comfortable for him to answer, because, because he is so confident of his own abilities to continue to rack up these incredible book value gains that are in excess of what he ought to be able to do, given his size. But at the same time, he understands that given his age and given the size of the company, it would be good to do it. But he just doesn't want yeah. to. That's a good point. Hey, listen, Noah, save yeah. 20 seconds for you. What do you think investors should, the biggest takeaway for, for you or for them should be? Just quickly. Um, well, I think uh, Guy hit it right on, on the head. I mean, $15 billion in increase in book value. That's, that's uh, quite something. All right. We're going to leave it there. Size. All right. Good to check in with both of you. Noah, thank you. Noah Buhire, our reporter at Bloomberg News, on the phone in Seattle. And great to talk as well with Guy Spear, Chief Executive Officer at Aquamarine Capital Management, on the phone in New York. You are listening to the Bloomberg Advantage. I'm Carol Master, my co-host Corey Johnson, off on this uh, Monday. This is Bloomberg Radio.